The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. The following is a presentation of Financial Crisis Recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Hey, hey, welcome. Good morning, everybody. How are you out there? If you're uh, patching over from uh, Jason and Mike's show, I welcome you. Uh, we have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, this morning, we're going to have author and speaker Eric Thurwanger. And uh, he is a local gentleman who is now writing his, has now completed his seventh book. And if you want to ignite a fire under your organization and you want someone who can give you strategy and help you accomplish that, then Eric is your man. He uh, does extraordinary seminars for groups. I've actually attended them and they are just phenomenal. And he has his own personal experience as well. So we're going to be talking to him about his book. The name of the book is The Communication Movement. And uh, you can go to his website and I'll let him tell you all about how to access all of that. But if you want to write down his phone number right at the top of the show, it's 818-584-5335. So if you're looking to take your company, your business, your organization to the next level, you're going to want to give the folks at Think Great, that's the name of his company, a call and uh, possibly uh, schedule a time for him to come out and, and do some work with your, with your uh, team because I think you'll find that it will energize the team and really, really be worth its weight in gold. But with that, Eric, are you with me on the line? I am here, Todd. Thanks for having me back. Well, very good. I'm, I'm so very happy to have you. Uh, what... I mean, I, I'm just amazed here. Your seventh book, I've never, I've, I've not done one, and you're in your seventh book. That's just astounding to me. What, what motivated you to write the book, The Communication Movement? Well, you know, there's a few things that led up to it. I, I've been studying communication in the workplace for many, many years. You know, I've experienced it as a coach for clients, you know. So when I go in and I do leadership development or strategic planning or, or even sales training for these organizations, you start to gauge how the communication is happening. So I, I've, I've had it on the list of books to write for a while, um, but there's two things that really led, led to the, the creation of the book right now. One was I do a lot of teaching on time mastery. In other words, teaching people to be productive and not busy, teaching them how to control time, how to seize time, if you will, carpe diem. And so because so many speaking engagements have gone virtual, I've bought a lot of time back from travel and from commuting. And if I didn't transform that activity, like writing a book, then I don't have the right to preach on time management. So, so, so when I talk about time mastery, I used COVID-19, my downtime during COVID, to write a book. The real reason behind the book, <laughs> <laughs> I can't come okay. out of COVID-19 and say I didn't do anything with this time and then expect people to control their time. So not only have I written this book, I've got the ideas for book number eight and nine in the works right now. And so I've used this time to 
um, regroup and, and, and launch some new programs and, and, and all that great stuff. But the real, the essence behind the book is I don't believe there's a shared language of success happening in most organizations. There's a language that happens there, but there's not a shared language that actually unifies people. Now, you and I, you know, you having been in the Navy and me in the Marine Corps, being in the military, you automatically start speaking a different language. And it's not just words and, and speeches that we make, but there's, there's gestures, there's actions we take, and it's very unifying. And what I found is business lacks that. So even though they say poor communication is an issue, there's also a lack of communication that happens. And communication in the workplace moves people. And that's what the book is about. Everything that's happening in the workplace that communicates a message, it moves people. And it either moves them away from each other or it moves them together, a la we can have our teams. So this is very needed right now because social distancing has caused our teams to be away from each other. Even you and I are not in the studio together today like we normally are, but hey, we improvised, adapted, and overcame, and here we are. But so this whole social distancing has pushed people away, and yet teams are at their strongest when they're gathered. And so throughout the world, teams are distanced when they should be unified. And the communication movement allows us to start unifying people with the communication that we're already using. Boy, oh boy, I could talk a lot about that. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I, I find it frustrating, uh, especially if you've got, you know, if you've got young folks on your team. I mean, they tend to talk like they're texting you. And the good old sure. days of communicators, you know, uh, somebody who was, and we didn't call them that because everybody was, but for some of you listening to this, you'll forgive me for this this little dissertation, but you know, can any of you remember the days when you went to a bonfire, stood around and had a beer or two with somebody you didn't know and just basically talked about nothing for hours and enjoyed it to no end because you were both conversationalists. And I think that's been lost. And that yeah. shared uh, that shared language that you talk about in the military, you know, simple stuff like, you know, bulkhead, fantail head and things like that. It, it makes you feel a part of things. And the synergy that we all whom are military, regardless of the branch that we are in, we have a shared language. We understand things like MOS. We can look at each other's uniforms and immediately know what rank you are, E5, chief, lieutenant, what have you. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and it's an interesting thing. Because it really does bring people together. And the, and the thing I think that you bring up is that the lack of it really separates people. And if you don't have that shared language, then you don't have synergy in your movement forward. Is that kind of what you're saying? That's exactly. I mean, I knew you would get it right out of the gates once you, once you heard the concept. I knew it would resonate with you because it's something that we miss when we leave the military. But not everything in the military is translatable. So, you know, where, whereas we may have a a salute that's understood between all branches or all departments and that salute means respect the body language that's happening in the workplace is far different than that and, and i get it you can't I even say in the book you can't start having your people salute you when you walk in i mean okay maybe it would be awesome if they could but that's not practical but there's things that are done in the military that we were used to that also were unique to each branch so there's some things the marines did that the navy didn't that the army did all these things but then, like you said, there are some things that actually unified each branch of the service 
So businesses, there's things they can do to unify their departments and remove the silos and the us versus them mindset. And so, you, you know, while as you and I called things differently, you know, we had a we had a naval language when we spoke. The army didn't, but we all every branch called their hat to cover. And so there was these these shared components that are seriously lacking in the workplace. And we need to unify our people now more than ever because the long-term effects of distancing are already starting to be seen. And we're not finished with the distancing yet. So distancing is happening. Unification is needed. And what we're telling people is that at Think Great, we have the cure for social distancing. And we're going into organizations and curing it. Um, I'm not putting a Band-Aid on it, but these long-term effects are disastrous. And so, you know, you, you wonder why the, the military is not stressing out over COVID-19 any more than they stress out over over a war. And it's right. because there's this shared language. There's this unity. They know they're going into chaos. And the more unified their teams can be, the better. The problem is, is that when you and I entered the military, it's not a problem in the military. This is actually what made us stronger. Um, but the fact is that in the military, they prepare us, they train us, they develop us to go into chaos. In the business sector, they prepare and train and develop to avoid chaos. And nobody can avoid this right now. So we're all in it together, but most leaders don't know how to handle it. So we're bringing that unification right now. So we've, we've actually found that cure for social distancing and we're prescribing it. Well, you know, and, and it's something, I mean, the unification, uh, for, first, the shared goal has to be bigger than everybody, right? Absolutely. Because yep. I know as I have built my own teams in the financial planning industry that, you know, I used to create uh, uh, presentations. And the first time that my, that my advisors would see a presentation, they thought that I was a genius and, and nothing short of the right hand of God. And they would use it, and it would be fabulous in its effect. But very quickly, as individuals, they had to make it better, you know, because they wanted to take credit for it. They didn't sure. want to say, yeah, I'm just using the blasé mundane presentation that my manager came up with. That's and right. so they'd make it better. And then, of course, it didn't work anymore. They made it so good it didn't work. And now you've got 10 people who are moving in synergy, but instead, six months later, you got 10 people who are all doing something that doesn't even resemble what you started with, and there is no synergy. So it's ongoing. It never ends, does it? It doesn't. And, and that was another thing we learned in the military. So, you know, there's things that we do in the military, even like marching, that there's a purpose for it. And, and I know my drill instructors didn't ask my thoughts on marching, like, you know, do you think we should do it this way? Do you have any ideas on <laughs> But what is your opinion on this, Mr. Thurwanger? Yeah, we really want to get your thoughts on this. That that question never came up in the 90 days of the boot camp. But, you know, the interesting part about what you said is there are things that we can do. The actions that we take communicates a message, too. And, and that is actually, you know, part four of the book is the actions we take. And it's very important that these actions communicate the right message. And I do talk a lot about... Um, some of the things that we all did in all branches, the actions we took and the communication that happened as a result of that, it unified us. And marching was one of it. Um, when you think about it, there is no realistic reason that we learn to march anymore, that we drill. Because you could put the whole platoon in a Humvee and drive them somewhere. You could pick them up by a helicopter. And so one of the things that I say about marching in the book is that marching was never about walking better. 
marching was about performing better. And when I ran the media company in Southern California, I actually started their entry level, but I ended up becoming the VP of a media company. When I started there, I noticed things in the business where everybody was doing it their own way. Kind of what you're saying about the presentation. And so there was kind of systems in place. There kind of wasn't. And you'd hear people say things like, well, here's how I've always done it, or it's my way or the highway. And I started thinking, we've got to get our people communicating a message that we're in sync together, that we're stepping off together. And so what I found is I couldn't, I couldn't have the company fall out in formation and we do a marching drill, but I could get them following the steps of our system in synchronization. And that's something every business can do. So okay, you know, you and I understand how to march. And here, here's what's interesting. There's a shared language. Marching is symbolic throughout every branch. So not, it's, it's not just the way the Marines march. So, so is drop and give me 50. <laughs> uh, yeah. If we understood that one, too. That was yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, here's what's interesting. We have, in the business sector, we have trouble getting departments to work together. There's an us versus them internally. Now, I'm not saying you and I don't give each other a little grief about you being in the Navy, me being in the Marines, or this guy who's Army and Air Force. Um, there's friendly banter that goes back, but there's not an us versus them where it's detrimental to the mission. And here's something that unified us, all branches, is we knew how to march. So you could actually take a member of each branch, put them in a um, joint color guard, and they know how to march together. There's no training required to go, okay, okay, guys, you need to step off with your left foot. Well, they already know that. But in the business sector, I see systems that are in place and leaders are okay with the fact that everybody's doing it a little bit differently. And then they wonder why morale is low. They wonder why the team is not unified. They wonder why departments are, are at each other's throats. And that's just one simple action we can take is synchronizing the steps in our system is very much like marching without having to have your platoon fall in, <laughs> you know? But, yeah. but there's things that we can do right now. And, Let's just say I'm on your team and you're not upholding your own system. You're letting me do it my way. You are communicating a message and you're communicating a message that it's okay to do things our own way, regardless of the impact on the team. And, and of course, you know, you don't do that because you've got the, the military background, but in the business sector, we find that we cut a lot of slack to people and like, well, they've been here a long time or they just do it this way, or this person's not really friendly. So I just leave them alone. But at the end of the day, we're communicating a message that moves our people away from each other when it could be unifying them at a time when distancing is the priority out there. So we have to, we have to fight distancing and one way we can do it is through our communication. Well, and, and, you know, and I guess I'll say again, having that shared mission reiterated um, where everybody wins, you know, there's a, I think it's important to note that we, we talk maybe too much about the military and forgive us for that folks, but there is a level of seriousness uh, in your training that simply does not exist in the civilian world. And part of the reason is pretty simple. Uh, if you make mistakes, if you, if you exercise weakness and don't act, then people are severely injured or die. And that is a level of seriousness that simply does not exist in the civilian world. You know, I went through some pretty intense training in, in the military, in Navy sure. combat, which is not, for most of you, understandable. But there was a reason for it. They beat the living crap out of you for a reason. One, so that you would hear. Two, that you would listen. And three, that you would take action. And without that physical exertion, 
They didn't feel they could pound it into your brain and get you to actually do those things. And so you've got that challenge, don't you, in the civilian world where how do you accomplish the same thing without the running and the marching and the give me 50 and all that other kind of stuff, right? No, you're absolutely right. And and for me, I was in the Marines for four years. I got out right after the first Gulf War, but I had four years. I've been out since 1991. So, you know, I'm going on 30 years of being out and being a civilian. But the techniques that I learned, they're still applicable today. Now, again, we can't get people to march. We can't get people to salute. Um, we're not going to send them into combat. But there's some things that we can apply, and that's what the book is about. It's how I applied it to the civilian business sector and the ways that we can do it. You know, when I started at the media company, it was a free-for-all. Um, it was a good company. They were doing good things. But it was very much like every person for themselves. Even though they said we're a team, there was really no evidence of it. And, and so I started to slowly bring in this movement of communication. I didn't even know I was doing it at the time. I was just going back to my roots in the Marine Corps. And granted, I, I can't force people to wear a hat when they go outdoors. <clears throat> so I didn't tell people, hey, grab your cover. So everything. <laughs> I was just going to say cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grab your cover. Um, everything that I share comes from a very small portion of my life that was in an organization that, as you said, had lives as a priority. And, and they focused on chaos, they didn't run from it. And so in this time of chaos, we have to go into it, we can't run from it. And that's where the business sector is sometimes unprepared. And so this book, the concepts in here, they allow us to create this synergy, this harmony within our teams. And everybody that I meet with, they always say, you know, I want our teams to be more in sync. I want them to have more harmony and yet, the way they describe their teams with communication, it's like a collection of kazoo players. You know, there's, there's no time <laughs> or reason for things. And so, you know, so the book is really developed to look at four different aspects of communication. The words we choose, as we connect those words, it's the speeches we share. But we also communicate through two other parts, too, which is our, the gestures that we make and the actions we take. So, you know, I did a show, Eric, that's very relatable to this, which was the way you people judge you on the way you look and the way you speak. But even more so than that, you talk about in the book, magnetic communication, where those yeah. things that you say, phrases and words resonate and really have a dramatic impact. And those are things that you need to be cognizant of, right? You know, absolutely. Right in the, in the first few chapters, I talk about Every word, well, you know, when we were in grade school, there were word classes. You know, there's nine main ones, right? Nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs. So we, we learned all that. As I was writing the book, I created my own class. So I created a 10th class of words called, called magnets. And so I, I feel that every word is a magnet. Every word has the power to attract or repel, just like a magnet does. You know, when we were kids, you put magnets near each other, and they'd either bounce away from each other or they would attract. And, and I give some ideas of some words that should be shifted to create a magnetic attraction. Uh, case in point, you know, if I were to ask you, how do people feel about change? Most people say they hate change, they fear change, they're afraid of it, all these things. They reject it. They do. They, 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 they absolutely do. And so even if you roll out something awesome, hey, we got this new software. Boop, we're going to change to this software. We're going to change to this system. That word repels people. And so in my whole career, I don't change anything. I enhance everything. Everything I roll out is an enhancement. 
I don't make changes to my books, I enhance them. I don't make changes to our systems, I enhance them. Because change is different, people are afraid of it. Because enhancement means better, people embrace it. And so what I started to realize is I've got to use some words that create attraction. And we got to be very careful. That's like there's a difference between liking someone and loving somebody. When I woke up this morning, I didn't roll over and tell my wife, hey, I like you a lot and give her knuckles. I, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, it might, it might repel. And so there's words that are expected. And in the business sector, we don't pay enough attention to it. You think about this. We teach people to sell instead of sharing. And so in my sales book, it's, it's all about sharing, not selling, because most people don't want to be perceived as someone who sells because the perceptions are so negative. And so they will actually create actions that gear them away from selling. But our sales team, they don't sell, they share. In fact, they don't close deals, they open opportunities. And what I have done is use words that attract them, make them want to share more, make them want to open more, and they're unstoppable. Most sales teams, when I say, what do you want your salespeople to do more? The leader will say, I just want them to take action. But your words are not magnetizing them. And so, yes, that magnetic capability, we have to have situational awareness. We have to be able to be Being conscious of that is such a critical factor. As I listen to you talk, Eric, it's I think, huge. you know, the, 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 an example is I work with attorneys every day. Well, the practice of law is, is one of either spoken or written word. It is the, the, it is carefully choosing the words that you use. Um, and oh, that is absolutely critical. Yeah. Moreover, attorneys, have created a, a, a language within a language, and we call it uh, flippantly legal ease, but it's one yep. that they all understand. So carefully That's chosen right. words in the law has enabled these people to be highly paid professionals per hour as a result of having this very unique uh, uh, language that they've created. And the, view, the words that they use, they are so critical about them, and a lot of people are frustrated, you know, you're charging me three $500 an hour to write this document. But an attorney will spend 15 minutes going back and forth over one word in a phrase and the way that that might be perceived. And I know from my own perspective, I can have two people in my office, a husband and wife, no less, and I can say something and the two of them will walk away with completely different perceptions of what I've just said. So being conscious of this is really a big deal. It's huge. And, you know, you touched down on something important. You know, lawyers speak law. Attorneys speak law. And so, so we have these business languages that are out there, but it's not enough to unify people uh, at the level that we need to. So, like, when I was in the Marines, I was an air traffic controller, so obviously I spoke aviation. And that, that made sense. But then, like you were saying, there's also this shared language inside the organization that empowers people. You know, if I were to walk into a bank, I know people are going to speak checking accounts, money market accounts. I know they're going to speak these things. If I walk into Starbucks, I'm expecting them to speak coffees and mochas and lattes. But there's words that we could start using in the workplace, like you're saying, that unify people. I mean, if you think about this, every single person says teamwork's important. Every business leader says that. I say, how important is teamwork? It's a 10 out of 10. And yet they refer to their people as employees. And that one word is very repelling. Think about this. When we were on payroll, you in the Navy, me in the Marines, we were not called employees, yet we received a paycheck. You were a sailor, I was a Marine. In the workplace, we tell people they're part of a team, and then we have an employee handbook, we have an employee lounge, they get an employee number. 
And I'll, I'll guarantee when you were a kid, just like I was, and the career counselor says, what do you want to be when you grow up? We did not say employee. And for some reason, that <laughs> word has described the entire workforce, and it repels people. We shifted that at the media company. We removed the word employee and put team member because we wanted a team. We had a team member lounge, a team member handbook. Everything was team, 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 because every word matters. It's so insulting to call you an employee, yet they use it every day. Well, you know, that, that's your point is, is so well taken. And, and that's we're going to we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back because as you've just elucidated in that in that point, there's so many phrases and words that one might use that have right. the opposite effect that you intend <laughs> them to have. And I want to I want you to come. I won't come back. I want to talk about those things that you may have the perception are going to be unifying when in fact they detract and are abrasive to people and how that can really impact an organization. We're here with Eric Thurwanger. He has just finished his seventh book, no less, and that book is The Communication Movement. You can find that book by going to Think Great 90. Is that what it is, Eric? Yeah. ThinkGreat90.com. And you can you can find all of his books, certainly the most recent, The Communication Movement. And if you'd like to have Eric come and speak to your organization, unify them and help you build team, then he is the guy. He does it for many large organizations and medium-sized organizations and to great effect. That phone number is 818-584-5335. We will be right back with Eric Thurwanger. Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman. You need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Commercial real estate. If you're looking to lease, purchase, or sell commercial real estate, working with the right team is everything. Metro East Commercial Real Estate is the name to know. John and Ann Whitcomb, along with their team, have over 35 years experience. They have the knowledge and skill to represent and guide you every step of the way. Whether you're a seasoned professional real estate investor, a business owner, or possibly would just like to learn and gain knowledge to get involved in commercial real estate investing, Metro East Commercial Real Estate should be your first call. You can find them on the web by going to metroeastcre.com, that's M-E-T-R-O-E-A-S-T-C-R-E.com, or by calling them at 651-351-5005. Again, that number, 651-351-5005. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. 
We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company and now you want to leave but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to SMA2DAY.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net. 
www.thepeakpodcast.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are speaking with Eric Thurwanger. Uh, he uh, owns and runs a company called Think Great, and he has just completed his seventh book, The Communication Movement. Eric is a, strate- uh, a strategist and an expert in bringing a team together and creating enormous progress forward to really energize the group. And so if you're looking to increase uh, the volume, the revenue in your business, if you're looking to grow Eric is the guy to bring your team together. And he's talking about the book, The Communication Movement. We're talking about the impact of the things that you say and whether or not they are bringing the team together or whether or not they are detracting from your very intended goal. So, Eric, if you're with us, uh, why don't you give me some examples that you've experienced where phrases that people or maybe words that people have used have had the unintended effect and how you might remedy that? Yeah, I, I think that there's a uh, there's an epidemic of misunderstandings in the workplace right now with communication, and people do say things sometimes with good intentions. I mean, you can take a look at some of the things that are said that really should be out of the workplace, like it's not my job, it's above my pay grade, or if I want something done right, I'll do it myself. These are things that send a very negative <laughs> message. But I, I think that I think there's things that people try to say. Uh, with a with a good intention that may be what I call borderline um, repulsive. In other words, you might hear somebody say, I'm a perfectionist. And in our heads, as soon as they say that, that means that they're probably not going to give up control of something. They need to do it themselves. And it also means that they're not going to be able to achieve what they just said. In other words, we know that achieving perfection is probably impossible. And so when somebody calls themselves a perfectionist, people may interpret that as you're a liar. And we have to be very clear about this. I, in my books, I say, don't strive for, perfe- strive for perfection, strive for progress. We can achieve progress, but perfection is really, it, it's, it's so far out there. So when leaders say, I'm a perfectionist, I think ultimately it hurts them. Um, the other thing is, I think we say things and we never back it up. In other words, I'll be in a meeting, I'll hear leaders conduct their meetings, and there's always this one time when they want to rally the troops and they say, you know, it's time to raise the bar. And uh, for 3.8 seconds, people get excited, and we even might get a, a, a couple nods of agreement. Yeah, we do need to raise that bar. And then after the meeting, I'll ask people, uh, I'll ask the CEO, um, can you tell me what bar you're going to raise? And they'll say, what do you mean? And I said, we well, just told the entire team you're going to raise the bar. Which one? But he didn't have it identified. And they said, all right, well, forget the bar. What's the level it's going to? You just said you're raising the bar to the next level. What level can we expect? And we tend to use cliches without any meaning behind them. And so in the book, I actually tell people, if you're going to raise the bar, raise the communication bar. Understand that the bar on communication needs to be raised or raise the leadership bar, ways that we can get better and clearly identify it. Um, you, you know, you're seeing leaders use too many phrases and cliches that have way too many misunderstandings. You even hear people say, let's give it 110%. Again, impossible. <laughs> you can't. You can give it 100%. But that extra 10% starts to call things into question. Now, I'm not saying I haven't used them too, but we have to explain to people what we're, what we're intending behind that message. You know, there's too many interpretations of everything that we say. So some of these cliches may seem like a good idea, but we have to back them up. Even saying we need to be on the same page, 
of what? Of a book? Well, it could be of, of this book. It's a great one, but are we talking the same page of the manual, the same page of our strategic plan? We say things out of habit now, but we don't often pack the message that needs to be there. And then you have a lot of people responding and leafing their heads with, here we go again. And so these phrases, these cliches, these idioms, we say them all the time. You know, we'll say it just to move the conversation forward, but we have to be aware of the meaning, the meaning behind it. Just like, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we encounter it. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, what bridge? Where? Where is that bridge? This so is, say- Eric, this is so interesting to me because I know, and even myself, um, we, we, well, me, I'll say me, use slang yeah. with the impression that it will be more endearing to an individual and it will bring people together and make you feel more human and you'll have a better communication level between the two, not realizing that that, that slang might be incredibly offensive or abrasive to that person sure. and it has just the opposite. It, it, I mean, it, this is it's so interesting and intriguing what you're talking about. The other thing that you brought up in the book that I think is how important is body language in the workplace because so much nonverbal communication is so powerful and people just like a bull in a china shop do it with no idea of the impact that it's having on the rest of the group or the team, right? Oh my gosh. I I mean, um, here's the issue. Most people even feel that body language communicates more of a message than our words and our speeches. And so, you know, you can... You just watch somebody do an eye roll in a meeting. Um, it, it speaks volumes. Now, you mentioned the attorneys earlier. I actually, I actually have a section in the book on body language and people in the courtroom. And it's not uncommon that even though people take an oath, at least half of the people that took the oath to tell the truth are going to lie. We already know that. Half are already committed to lying while they're up there. But one of the things that attorneys agree on is that body language may actually incriminate the person, not their words. And so juries are actually watching for body language. They're watching for the nail biting, the fidgeting. They're watching to see how this person reacts physically, not just verbally. You know, when we were in the military, again, that hand salute signals respect. And we can't do that in the, in the, in the civilian side. But there are things that we could be aware of, you know, okay, maybe after COVID, we can go back to a firm handshake. We, we need to do that. But there's other things that we could do to make a positive impact. Like when you're talking, if I'm leaning in, that's sending a message that I'm interested in what you're talking about. But if, if you are talking in a meeting and I'm checking my phone or looking at the clock, I'm also sending a message. And that message is I'm too busy for this. I don't care about what you're saying. I'm disengaged. So we have to be very careful. I have a whole, there's three chapters dedicated to body language because body language moves. When I was an aviator, you had people that were doing marshalling on the airfield. They would use the batons and signal aircraft or sign language. We can communicate with signs or in the military, there were hand gestures, right? Freeze, you know, drop, all these things. We do zero training on gestures in the body language and every day gestures in the body language are undermining our team. But we do zero training on it. In fact, when I ask people on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is communication in your workplace, they'll say a 10. And I'll say, wow, if that's a 10, um, tell me about your, your training program for consistent communication. And they say, we don't have one. Well, yeah. so, again, it's lip service. It, it's so funny that, that, you know, as you talk about this in general terms, 
the number of times and i'm certain when you go into organizations where you're contracted to help them you're talking with the leaders of the company the owners of the company and whatnot and they will often voice their frustration with the very things that you've said you know they've got a monday morning meeting people are reacting in a certain way it's impacting the entire group or a segment of them and yet they will go on as they're telling you this and do the exact same thing themselves correct so I, you know, I mean, we talked about, you know, the, the business of lawyering or the profession of being an attorney, carefully chosen words. Well, if that's tough, body language is even more challenging and frustrating. And the reality right. is it always has to start at the top. So even if your team is this way or people within it are this way, if you don't exercise that, that, that restraint and if you're not conscious of it, then it's never going to find its way it, uh, it filtering into the team. So, you know, it starts at the top, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, we look at leaders to see how they're conducting themselves. And and if leaders, can you imagine, first of all, if we're in a, in, in a high-level meeting and there's maybe 100 people in there and the CEO is uh, uh, making a statement about a goal or a new system, whatever they're doing, and, you know, the, the driver happens to be in there and he rolls his eyes, well, that sends a message. If the CEO rolls his eyes, or her eyes, the impact is even greater. The ripple effect through the whole company is humongous. And they do this, and they do. I've watched them do that. They 100% do it because they don't have situational awareness. They've never been in a course or read a book that teaches them about the impact of body language, and it's huge. It's absolutely <laughs> huge. So, and, and here's the funny thing. These same leaders who are guilty as charged, when you ask them, is it important to lead by example? They'll say yes, <laughs> but they don't know how. So there's, you know, we are in an epidemic right now, not just a pandemic, but we're in an epidemic of division in the workplace. And we have to do everything we can to unify our people right now. And if their body language is off, it's just as bad as if the words are off or our speeches are off. You know, if we say change versus enhance or employee versus team member, or we say, hey, you know, it's my way or the highway, all these little phrases. And the gestures, these little gestures are so critical. They, they mean so much, but we don't, we don't develop them. We, if an eye roll is important um, to not do it, we have to actually teach that and explain it, but we don't do it. We just, we watch it and then we talk about that person. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how we handle it. We gossip about them, which is even worse. Well, you know, and, and I, I'll say that, that folks, as you're listening to Eric talk, one of the most powerful things that can actually be done is that when you as a business make a conscious decision to bring someone in to address these issues, you immediately elevate the level of seriousness that your organization has in terms of moving forward and succeeding just by virtue of addressing it. It's a big deal. We're going to take another break here. We're talking with Eric Thurwanger. He has written his seventh book, The Communication Movement. It's all about bringing a company, its team together to ignite success and grow. If you want to talk to Eric's organization, think great. Give them a call at 818-584-5335. And you can also go to his website, thinkgreat90.com and check out his books 
and everything else about Eric. Eric is a, a local guy who travels all over the country, but he's here in our backyard, and he has got some extraordinary insight as to how to grow your organization. He's done it himself with other organizations that he's worked for, and he is quite the expert. So we will take a break. We'll be right back with Eric Thurwanger you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical Critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a completely of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Do you have enough to retire? Do you even know how much you need to retire? Great Waters Financial specializes in helping people nearing retirement get ready for their next big challenge. Great Waters Financial can help you understand how much you'll need for a comfortable retirement, how long your money will last, and what you need to do now to make sure you can retire the way you want to. You've earned a great retirement. Let the team at Great Waters Financial help you make it happen. Four convenient offices in the Twin Cities. GreatWatersFinancial.com Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer-for-life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877 877- 
SMA today or go online to SMA the number two DAY.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are uh, speaking with Eric Thurwanger, who is, for me, just a joy to talk about. I read his books. I love his stuff. And, you know, it's like everything that I've learned over my lifetime. Some of the simplest things are, in fact, the most profound. And uh, most of our our hour uh, has been concerning itself with the impact of of verbal and nonverbal communication in terms of of detracting or enhancing the impact of a team moving forward with a unified front. And that, uh, you know, you could spend hours and hours on this. The challenge, Eric, is that we just happen to be in an environment, that being COVID, that has just the opposite effect of bringing people together. It's an additional challenge that for everything we've talked about in terms of unification, COVID represents a detractor that goes just the opposite direction. What is the cure for that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. That, that is such a big, we're on a crusade. You know, so we have our mission statement of creating a wave of dynamic thinking in people. We have a, a vision statement of becoming the international leader in the worldwide people movement. But since COVID has broken out, we are on a crusade to provide the cure for social distancing. And then people will ask, well, what is, what is going on with social distancing? Isn't that a good thing? So Newton's third law of motion states that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So the action of social distancing has an opposite reaction and it is slowly dismantling teams. And we see it. Right now, the short-term effects of distancing, even though some people have gotten used to working remotely, some people may even prefer it, the short-term effects we're hearing from businesses around the world are a lack of accountability, uh, ineffective delegation, and poor communication. Just to name a few that are happening right now. There's also higher levels of turnover right now, not just people being furloughed, but actual organizations where retention is suffering. So these are the short-term effects. The long-term effects in social distancing will dismantle teams over the next couple of years. It's no different than people going into a hostile environment, right, in combat. When they come back, you don't just say, hey, good luck to you. Things are going to be normal. And so this whole conversation about the new norm is inaccurate anyways. I believe it can be the great norm. But we have to understand, people are going to feel isolated, they're going to feel frustrated, they're going to feel resentful. We have an HR nightmare coming unless people provide the cure now. Now, I mean, people are going to be running around once the vaccine comes around with uh, for COVID, but we need to look at our people as our greatest asset. And if that's true, we have to give them the cure for social distancing now because you think about long-term relationships. They very rarely work. Why? They're apart. At the end of the day, it doesn't beat in person. We know our teams are at their strongest when they're gathered, and we have had to force them apart for the last nine months. So in the world of distancing, we need unification, and we have to unify three things, really. Our leaders, we need to unify our entire team, and we need to unify our message. Those three things are so important right now in a time when people are just trying to survive. Um, we really have to put that cure as the, as the top priority. In fact, I would, I would encourage everyone on this phone call to make 2021 the year of unification and unify your people. Put teamwork as a priority, bring people together, make them a cohesive unit, 
um, continue to create synergy, and that's the way we have to fight the cure. And I'm happy to talk more one-on-one with people about what the cure is, what those steps are, but we're doing it in businesses right now. We have a program for it. Well, there's, and there's, you know, and, and as I've said already, just addressing these things raises the level of seriousness and, and gets people thinking. You know, <clears throat> I have, probably not unlike yourself, done many, many uh, Zoom calls, a new innovation, with company owners, leaders, and their teams, and some of their vice presidents, some of their sure. operations managers, and whatnot. And, you know, in the same vein of the way you look and the way that you speak has such an impact, I am astounded by the number of people who do these Zoom meetings who probably in the workplace have worked very hard to create a level of credibility with their, with their uh, uh, underlings or, their, or their, uh, their, their group. And then they'll go on a Zoom. And the background, the way they look, they're not, they, they don't have business dress. And I don't mean people need to have a suit on. They look disheveled. The background of their home is a disaster, and and they don't understand that although you may be the manager of 20 people on a team, you have lost credibility with the way you look and yep. the way that you speak, and you need to have a rule book as to how to do these Zoom meetings, because if not, you are really hurting yourself and your organization. And these are just simple things that unless somebody tells a, an organization this or people within it, they're just oblivious to it, Eric. That's right. I think that, that, again, the way you look to your team, the way you present yourself, that bearing that you have, that reputation that you're setting for yourself, it sends a message. It's huge. And, and while you're not forcing people to wear uniforms like we had to, and every detail went into those uniforms, you should still have a dress code. Um, and we should, you know, like you said earlier. Absolutely. It sends, it, it sends a message. It's huge. Okay, sure. You know, I'm on Zoom, so I guess I could wear my T-shirt. Um, but I make the choice not to because it's sending a message. And I want people to know I'm as on my game virtually as I was in person. Maybe even more because, again, we're distant, so I have to send a more powerful message. Huge. So, Eric, once we do this, I mean, assuming that, that we do this, how important is it that, that we recognize recognition to reinforce and enhance that person who who has made the effort to do it, and and ensure that 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 continues. How important is recognition as it relates to these? Things? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because the final chapter in the book is called boosting recognition, and recognition is an action that sends a message. Now, if we fail to recognize, that is also an inaction that sends a message. I have never taught in all of my years of being in the workplace, nearly 30 years now. I have never met a team member that says, you know, just recognize me less. Just just show appreciation less. Um, let's not celebrate accomplishments. Every single person wants more of it. And during challenging times, it's needed now more than ever. And it is a message that leaders are sending. And here's, here's what I would recommend. If there's a leader on this phone and you're saying, well, what do I recognize? Recognize the behaviors you want to see duplicated. If you're having a problem with attendance, start recognizing positive attendance. Don't just keep reprimanding bad attendance. Um, start, start recognizing great attendance. Start recognizing great attitudes. Start recognizing people who are thinking outside of the box. Recognize people who are exemplifying your identity, your mission, your vision, your core values. Start meetings off with that. Um, but recognize people. 
I just did a presentation for the um, for the MEPS unit here in the Twin Cities. Every branch was there. Um, so I did three hours on leadership. At the end, I knew what was going to happen. There was recognition. The commanders recognized their people. I, and there was an exchange of coins, the challenge coins that you're familiar with. So I actually earned one. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, all right, I did a great job. There was recognition at the end. Um, they always bring it home with recognition and say how grateful they are to people. And do these people have to have masks on? Absolutely. But they, they sent the message that we appreciate you. And, you know, it's interesting. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, 71% of people when surveyed felt that feeling appreciated was the number one reason for them staying at an organization. So you start to see that it's all tied in. Most people want more appreciation. That's, you know, it's funny because you'll hear people say, I don't care about the title, just pay me the money. Well, look, I mean, they're both forms of recognition, but the irony is that the exact opposite is true. People crave recognition. They'll tell you, and the more they tell you they don't, the more they do. That's the, the interesting thing. You, you know, you hit on something that's huge. You look at sports teams. If any sports team wants to win the championship and they have people on the team that says, I'm just here for the paycheck, they just lost the championship. Man. Uh, Eric Thurwanger, Think Great. You can go to his website. That is thinkgreat90.com. This is his seventh book. You want somebody to come and energize your organization. He is the guy. You can give him a call at 818-584-5335. Eric, thanks for being on the show this morning. Thanks, Todd. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day -day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Zero, zero. This has been a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher and did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one.
Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.